You can never tell anyone, especially your mom. Because if you do, one morning you'll wake up and you won't be in your bed. You'll be outside the walls, far, far away, tied to a tree. And you'll scream and scream because you'll be so afraid. But no one will come to help because no one will hear you. Well, something will hear you. The monsters will come, the ones out there. And you won't be able to run away when they come for you. And they will tear you apart and eat you up all while you're still alive. All while you can still feel it. And then afterwards, no one will ever know what happened to you. Or you can promise not to ever tell anyone what you saw here. And then nothing will happen. You'll get cookies. Lots of cookies. I know what I think you should do. Kelly, we're going to do what you say so you don't attach our hands and feet to the trees with nine-inch nails. Don't call us too fragile. We might be somewhat damaged. But who wasn't after the day the world went away? So, Kelly, what kind of cookies will we get today? Well, Susan, I was making a batch of my vegan kitchen sink cookies. I call them kitchen sink cookies because I basically put everything in them except the kitchen sink. Oatmeal, peanut butter, chocolate chips. Yum. My kids accidentally call them garbage cookies, which sucks <laughs> because they taste awesome. They are the most kick-ass cookies on the planet. And they just think it's weird I call them kitchen sink. So anyway. Yeah. Well, that should be interesting. So, <laughs> so let me tell you who else is here with us today. Uh, we have a geek guy who wants his zombie shows both bleak and funny. And yes, Sunshine, you can have it both ways. Welcome, Eric C. Anderson. I want some cookies. How dare you bring that up and not be able to partake? Oh, One of these wonderful. days when, when we have the, you know, replicators or whatever, and you we can just bags. say computer. Well, I would have had to plan ahead for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Ship your cookies around the country for all yeah. of us. Girl Scouts do. <laughs> yeah, I am not a Girl Scout, so. <laughs> um, far anyway, from. I am happy to be back cookie-less. <laughs> Just imagine you have cookies in front of us. Oh, I'm, I'm imagining, trust me. Okay. So rounding out our group of geeks is one more, uh, well, one of my Zcast co-hosts. Uh, welcome horror writer, Rhiannon Freighter. Hi. Very excited to be here. This is going to be good. And I, I don't have cookies, but now I want some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's the Carol cookies online. You can get the recipe. Wow. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> With just a quarter bar of chocolate, was that right? Yes, very little chocolate. I think it was, very little. Yeah. There were some cute pictures on Twitter of Melissa McBride actually making the cookies, and she posted pictures of her doing it. (laughs) Wow. That's great. And she served them on a Cherokee rose plate. Aw. That's very cute. (laughs) Mixing bowl and plate was very cute. That's cool. I wonder if they really do that, knowing how dedicated the fan bases i was going to use another word uh to where we will actually make these things and eat them while we watch the show 
Oh, I'm on Tumblr, and trust me, everybody was making them and and eating them. But that that was something that was sent out by AMC. That recipe. Yeah, I believe so. And then she linked to it on Twitter, and then Mm -hmm. had pictures of her her of 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 her making them. So it was it was really cute. But I adore her. I think she's awesome. Yeah. So in this episode of Geek Girl Soup, we are going to discuss the last four episodes of season five of The Walking Dead, Forget, Spend, Try, and Conquer. And I think by now everyone's heard the um, the quote uh, that all the uh, these titles came from. That Was it Faulkner? Yeah, that, that Dale, that Dale said. said back in season one. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I missed that. Do y'all have it in front of you? Um, give me Actually, one I second. Do. I have it. <laughs> or uh, someone start typing. Wood. Find it for me, Dan. Yeah, I have it. I have it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and this was was Dale's line from uh, from season one. It's like what a father said to a son when he gave him a watch that had been handed down through generations. He said, "I give you the mausoleum of all hope and desire, which will fit your individual needs no better than it did mine or my father's before me." I give it to you, not that you may remember time, but that you may forget it for a moment and now and then and not spend all of your breath trying to conquer it. Where did the vibe come in? Hmm? It's forget, spend, it's, try. Yeah. Remember, forget. So there remember, were, was that yeah. other one from? Oh, yeah, remember. Right? Remember, forget, spend, try from, from trying to conquer it. Mm-hmm. Some pretty good writers, big... too. Gimple is a big fan of the early part of the show. Like he's not only a, the showrunner, but he also is a fan. So he mm-hmm. likes bringing stuff like the seeds that were laid out long ago and bringing them to fruition. So it was a, a nice shout out. Yeah. Yeah. To the Darabont time period. So Kelly, let's start with you. Um, and Let's start talking about forget. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I, y'all jump in with me too. I actually, in rewatching, took a ton of notes, but we don't want a boring recap. I mean, not that it's boring, but you know, you can just go watch it. <laughs> so um, some of the big themes or and, and big moments that jumped out at me. We had at the very beginning, we're seeing Sasha starting to, I, I, I don't know, I sort of called it like a, her breakdown when she just was overwhelmed by all those family pictures and took them out and started shooting them and said, come and get me um, because of all the noise she was making and, and, you know, expecting walkers to be attracted to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that theme continues through there. Like later on, she volunteers to be the primary lookout, or it sounded like the only lookout 24 yeah. hours a day. Um, and Deanna said she'll consider it as long as Sasha goes to the party that night. Um, I'll, I'll come back to the party in a minute instead of just jumping straight there. But to me, that was, it, that was the crux of the whole episode that party what we see and what happens there but before that we see carol daryl and rick uh talking about stealing some weapons and and really believing that they they will need the guns one way or another and they even say about that they don't need luck that they'll pick their moment and i i really understand 
the whole group's discomfort being at Alexandria. You know, it, it, it just, it seems so unreal. Com- yeah. It must seem unreal compared to what right. they've been living through. And they've just been through what Woodbury and mm-hmm. the Terminus. And those were, they seemed ideal, but were not. <laughs> yeah. And yet, you know, the fact that, that especially Rick and Carol are just assuming that, and I do understand, yes, that they assume that they, they will need something, but um, it is just really interesting. What I, what I've been thinking about, about that is what do they hope to have happen? Like what's the best case scenario in Rick's mind and in Carol's mind for, you know, we see like Michonne ends up settling in as much as she can. Daryl even settles in. And and Rick and Carol just aren't going to be able to. So I wonder what is their ideal situation? What's the best that could happen? I think there's two things. There, I don't think Daryl settles in. He the he's he's not he he gets out as soon as he can. The minute they say recruiter, he's gone. He's like, sure, let's go. Let's get out be, behind these walls. I don't think he settled in. Okay, true. That, that's I, I, I don't take. Yeah, I I was viewing it as. He accepted that job, and uh, and he seems to accept Aaron, you know, later on. No, I don't think it's like he's accepting anything. I think he's trying. Okay. But I think I think he wants he's not comfortable, and the minute he can get out, he gets out. Mm-hmm. So he gets out from behind those walls because that, again, we're going back to the abuse scenario with Daryl. He was severely abused as a child. He talks about his home life. He talks about what happened when he got lost in the woods and nobody knew he was gone. The the community that they're living in right now is foreign territory for him. He's never lived like that ever in his life, not before the Zompocalypse. So he has no clue how to communicate with these people or how to interact with them because he has no frame of reference. So that's why he, he sat on the porch and gutted the possum and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> it was on purpose. This was him going, I'm different from you. Mm-hmm. And I don't need you. And so I don't think he's plugged in. I think... Rick is insane. He's having a mental breakdown. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's having a breakdown. So he's just paranoid. Um, and I, I and and I think that Carol because what about Carol? We go to the abuse again. Mm-hmm. Carol knows that what knows when things look really really good that there's a cycle that can bring you to the really really bad. She she knows that things can look really great on the inside and be rotten. I mean, I mean, on the outside, look great on the outside, but be rotten completely on the inside. So I think because Carol is a survivor, not only of this apocalypse, but also of abuse. I think her mentality is we can't trust this because it looks a little too good. And I think she just wants to make sure everyone's safe. But she's I mean, if you look at the actual time frame and I actually sent this to Susan, there hasn't been that much time since the prison. I mean, it's right. only been yeah. weeks I mean, like mm. months. I mean, it's not that much time since they, I mean, I think it's something like maybe four or five weeks since they lost Beth. Oh, Beth. Right, right. And about oh, a- it has been that long since losing Beth? Because right. they were three weeks. Yeah, they jumped ahead. Right. They jumped between ahead Tyrese between the and- season break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. About okay. what, 15 days? And, and between yeah, Beth's death weeks. and the death of her father. Mm-hmm was about two weeks, two and a half weeks. Okay. So from See, the time Herschel died to the time Beth died, we have a time frame of two and a half weeks. 
Okay, this wow. then is the perfect show to binge watch. Mm. The <laughs> one show that I'm watching mm-hmm. week to week, and it's fucking me up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. Glenn, the guy who played, uh, what, I said Glenn Ree. It's no, sorry, uh, Stephen said, yeah. you know that we this is the show we should binge watch yeah. because. He says, it's almost a shame that we watch week to week because we're missing certain things that are being laid out. I mean, people thought there was a romance between Daryl and Beth, but they was only like they were together for two days. And there was four days from the time her father dies to the time she's kidnapped. So there was no grand romance. I mean, it would be really weird to see your father beheaded and your boyfriend dies a a few days before that. And then all of a sudden you're like this older man. Yes, he's the love of my life. I don't think that was really going there. I think they were connecting with each other. So I think. When you think about it, mid-season finale to mid-season finale was about two and a half weeks. It's a very short period of time, so they're all messed yeah. up right now. I mean, they went through the and I governor. Think they're gonna they're gonna have to do a time jump sometime. Terminus- just with the kids growing up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, the baby hasn't aged since. The- no, but yeah, because they, they can just get a new baby. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but Chandler Riggs. <laughs> I want somebody no, to put and, a, a, a montage together of all the different babies who have been right. Judith. Because... But that is a good thing to look at. The baby and, and her growth tells you kind of where they are. And that's great that you've framed that. I think for me, the one of the reasons they can't trust that environment is you're in a lawless world now where it's dog eat dog. And when you're going into an environment where they're going to take away your weapons from you, the one thing that can protect you, I think you're – in general, just gonna knowing what's out there and knowing that you don't have access to what you need just in case the zombies get in or in case something evil comes their way, I would totally be and, – and the fact that these people have no clue what's out there, and I would totally be that's on edge the whole time. And that's one my of the, other complaint. They made yeah. them too stupid. They and mean, one of they the things that, that showed that they had no clue is that they just took the guns. They didn't take the other weapons that they yeah. had. Right. Yeah. I mean, the, our group doesn't really need guns. In fact, the obsession with the guns really didn't make sense to me because we've seen these people take down a ton of walkers with nothing but knives. Yeah, yeah but it's not the walkers you need guns chains. for. Right. And and if the people in Alexandria have the guns and they don't, then the, then the our group definitely would be at a disadvantage. I still think that the, the the problem with I I I have a, with the whole Alexandria safe zone thing is it was weird because in one in one part of it felt very rushed and the other part felt dragged out and one of the things I did not like is that they made him too dumb. These people have been surviving for a year and a half behind walls, but they are well fed, mm-hmm. they are well clothed, they have a society that's functioning, and they've been doing a okay for quite a while i don't think these are completely inept people and that was like the thing with the last four episodes they're kind of like one big episode because they all blur together and um i think they made them a little too dumb and a little Mm -hmm. too callous too because they're like you know every time somebody trips and falls leave them i mean really if that was going on Mm -hmm. in your society I think you'd have an yeah. issue with it. And you'd think that the the people who did go outside the wall once in a while would learn a little bit more about how to deal with the walkers. Yeah. Right. They made they made them way too incompetent. I mean, these people should be a little I mean, and also we also have to take into account this apocalypse has happened. All these people have lost family members, coworkers, mm-hmm. relatives, and and they made them seem like they have all been living in Stepfordville like 
their whole life. Like, <laughs> oh, you know. So I just had a real problem with that, and I felt like the gun, uh, the gun thing became. I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't ring true to me. It just really didn't. Like, why they leave Daryl with his freaking crossbow? Because I don't know any better. But that's. But they would know better. <laughs> well, well, so I what? Think, what? Uh, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Well, I was gonna say that what I used to sort of explain to myself about why the Alexandria people all seemed that way is that it, it was their their self-defense, you know, their each individual self-defense mechanism uh, against really like sort of denying what's out there. And throughout this first, not first, but of these four that this mm-hmm. episode forget, there was this constant comparison and reminder, haha, forget, <laughs> about then versus now, out there mm-hmm. versus here. Mm-hmm. It was constant, you know, every yeah. dialogue um, seemed to have something about before all this and, yeah, but- and, and now. And it's like they are the ones who would bring it up, the Alexandria people, mostly. I mean, the, our group brought it up sometimes, but it was mostly the Alexandria people. And yet here they are almost willfully ignorant about what's really out there. That's why I think it doesn't make sense. I, that's, that was the one point in the storytelling that I really could not get behind. I just felt they made them way too dumb. And well, the one the one thing that The Walking Dead does really well is hammer you over the head with themes. <laughs> <laughs> and this theme was driven into our heads. But there was one thing, another thing I didn't really care for is 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 that we have they want team family because Rick's group are hardened warriors, all of them. And they, that's why they want them, but they get their warriors and then they disarm them, which made no sense to me. But also the fact that Rick says to them continuously, you don't know what's out there. They all say this. Actually, all, all of Rick's people say this to the Alexandrians. You don't know what's out there, but they never say, we almost got eaten by cannibals. There were crazy right. cops and doctors so holding tell people them what's as slaves. There. They never yeah. do. They never tell them what's out there. So the Alexandrians are thinking, well, I mean, if you're going to pretend that they all have I don't know, Stepfordville syndrome, then they're all thinking, oh, they're just talking about the zombies. Well, I, think, I had a real problem with that, too. Yeah, I think one thing, though, too, is, you know, in this, in Alexandria, there's a um, a sense of normal pre-apocalyptic lives. And so, mm-hmm. therefore, if people coming in with guns, you know, in our society, there are, you know, like L.A., we do, we do not care. We don't have a right to carry. So nobody carries guns in L.A. So therefore, they are creating an environment that that's why they let him carry his crossbow, because we don't have normal laws against crossbows. We don't have normal laws against knives, but we do have law, normal laws against guns. So I think it's almost a, a right to bear arms type of um, piece of um, uh, uh, the past that they're hanging on to, like you know, all guns will be put away and, and we'll live a, a nice, normal, gunless society. But you have to also look at what part of the country they're in. Yeah, I know. It, that <laughs> doesn't make sense because back then it's a right to carry. So why not carry? Yeah. So that but is so, kind I of. Mean, but that's. But, but it's also, led by a politician. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was, but to me, too, though, that that's what keeps me on edge with what's going on in there. Like, I'm still trying to figure out what they are now granted by the time we get done 
to conquer, you know, they seem to have become a little more normal. There's the, like the facade that like, we haven't discovered anything weird about them other than they have really protected themselves from mm-hmm. what's out there. And they have basically brought in people that have kept them protected and sheltered and actually have killed them off throughout the year and a half. That's the funniest thing is they all are in, in trying to say, stay normal they have killed off quite a few people that were learning, you know, through mm-hmm. the year and a half or two years that they've been in there or even Again, longer. It's been longer, hasn't it? The, no, it'd be a year and a half. It's year a year and a half. half. There's yeah. actually a timeline online. That yeah. Well, well, you keep in mind, I'm Z Nation. So I got that. Yeah. They're three in years. My head, and that's know. three years. So. Yeah. The, the people in Z Nation are well beyond this point in their evolution. My problem is I just think it was faulty writing because I think, one of the the this is where it gets tricky for for people who read the comics and then people who watch the show and I, and, and I think it happens with the I I get told about the comics because I write I've written about zombies in the past so everybody tells me everything so I got like <laughs> I can't escape it but one of the things is I think um when you know something is coming it's kind of like if you read the book and watch the movie you fill in all the blanks that um, somebody who hasn't read the book uh, mm-hmm. doesn't get filled in for them. So I didn't know a lot about this part of the thing, and then I I, I did some research. Um, but I feel like because I was watching it not knowing really about this part of the story of The Walking Dead and then found out like afterwards that there was a lot of blank spots that people who read the comics, when I asked them questions, were filling in for me. They would go, oh, well, that's because X, Y, Z, and in the comic, it's this, because they have those blanks, and I think that's kind of maybe where... Oh, um, yeah, I get where you're going. Yeah. Where, where, where the, okay, mm-hmm. so the writers of the show have read the comics, because it's They kind of allow the comics Bible. to speak a little bit. Yeah, and, 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 and the thing is, they have it in their head, so I think we kind of got the Cliff Notes version, you know, on the screen, so mm-hmm. we're sitting there scratching our heads going, but I don't... You know, and that, and I, I had that a lot, and I think that's why it felt odd, hmm. especially that's with fair. this episode. Yeah. And yeah. also, I just want to know why they hate horses. Aww. They don't. They well, don't hate. They don't hate horses. They were trying no. to get him. They've killed two horses off on the show in gruesome, oh, horrible yes, the way. The show hates horses. The show. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, they hate dogs. True. <laughs> well, on this, the the horse I thought was really interesting. I, I loved when Daryl said, I thought this was telling, when they're, he and Aaron are talking about the horse, he says, the longer they're out here, the more they become what they really are. Mm-hmm. And he meant, you know, the, the horse becomes wild again. Wild. And even says, and you used to be somebody's, huh? Now you're just yours, Daryl said. I thought that was really great. So I ended up digging around online for something about that. I forget what I was looking up. I came across, may I quote this website, Susan? Sure. Okay. The website is called happynicetimepeople.com. So um, let me just read this directly. I loved it. Aaron and Daryl destroy all the zombies, but there's nothing to do for the horse but put it out of its misery. He always ran, laments Aaron. 
And Daryl says, you were trying to help it. Okay, now quoting the website, and, and this is all caps. And oh my gosh, the horse is Daryl, and he's going to eventually get cornered and die in the wilderness oh if he gosh. keeps refusing to be taken in by Aaron's people, who only want the best for him. And you can see in Daryl's face that he gets it because, holy shit, it's not exactly subtle. So, <laughs> I see, hope that, not. <laughs> that's weird, because Norman Reedus actually changed what he said. It was not in the script. What he said huh? on the show was an ad lib that he felt Daryl would say it was not scripted. So it's not a Scott Gimple Easter egg of Daryl's future demise. It's what Norman Reedus tossed out there. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With, but well, cool. at, the same, at the same time, being in the cutting room, um, he probably delivered the line right. And then he delivered that line. And then it mm -hmm. became this fits our, our world. Let's do this well he the thing is that this is something norman reedus has done in the past too though where he felt like it wouldn't be something daryl would say like when rick told mm -hmm, him that mm -hmm. he had tossed carol out and originally norman had like this long speech about how carol would survive and he'd support her and he said no daryl wouldn't say that because he'd be mad so they I right. mean, he has right. some influence on some of the things that daryl oh, they says. all do they yeah. all do they all yeah. do yeah but at the same time, once it's said and once it's put into the show, it becomes uh, that part of the character, you know. Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, but I don't think it's it's a Scott Gimple oh, I see moment of broadcasting Daryl's future demise. I think it was just a cool. Well, uh, well, but you could also argue. I always look at stuff as cause and effect. If they weren't trying to get the horse, the horse wouldn't have done what he did right. and get. You know what I mean? Oh, or if they still be safe. Yeah. Or if they did get the horse, would it really be safe back where they are? Because obviously we all agree that place is going down sometime soon. Yeah. So it's kinda like both both sides of the you know, like both sides are explored in that in that one moment with uh, it's great metaphor that horse is what yeah. it is. I took it that way in spite of what I read on this website, which, again, I just wanted to quote because I thought it was really funny. Mm -hmm. how, how expects I, him to die. Well, how I took it was that it was the attempt to capture and retain the horse that led right. to the horse being killed. The horse is clearly doing fine on its own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and even same thing. It, well, it, I guess I think it was the last episode, so I'm going to jump ahead real quick. Um, when they see uh, Daryl and Aaron see the guy in the in the red poncho or whatever, right? You know, and it's like, so okay, we're going to make contact with this guy. Oops, he ends up dead too. It's it's almost like uh, the Niels Bohr and uh, Werner Heisenberg thing about you observe, you change what you observe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Them simply observing these beings somehow led to their demise. The whole butterfly wing thing. Well, uh -huh. I think the show is really kind of, they were, what they were trying to say, and I don't know if it really, it didn't really come across uh, to me. I'm going to be honest. These, the three episodes leading up to the finale just had me just gagging. Yeah, I, I was not. I was not a happy camper. I mean, because the, the thing Walking Dead does really well is they have moments of sheer brilliance that blow your mind, and then moments that just make you want to hurl your, you know, um, screen out the front door. But because um, they can get really heavy-handed, 
you know, and then on the other hand, they can be really vague. But one of the things I felt really like the whole Alexandria thing was very disconnected because it's like the minute like team family had that awesome moment in the barn where they're all holding the door shut. And they're all together except for the baby that they left on the floor. And, <laughs> you know, they're all holding those doors. And it's such a great freaking moment that it, it was that moment was better than the walking dead speech that Rick had. I mean, that moment of them just holding that door shut and how one by one they had become aware of what was going on. They all surged forward. And and you had a sense that they were unified, you know, but they yeah. get to Alexandria and they're not. Like all the strong relationships we had had forming before that moment, uh, the Daryl and Carol, uh, they put a lot of time and effort into Daryl and Carol in the first part of the season. And then mm -hmm. they kind of just tapered off completely where they didn't even interact toward the end. Uh, Rick and Michonne's big moment before they drove through the door, the gates, you know, the first time, mm -hmm. um, you know, um, uh, Sasha and um, Maggie's moment together, like all these little moments just seem to kind of dissipate where they kind of just all scattered. And I had a real problem with that. And the thing I did like about the season finale is they kind of started bringing them all back into the fold. And I couldn't quite figure out why they would scatter like that. Cause it seems like if you're in a foreign soil territory you would cluster together you know but but keep in mind remember when they first got in there they were in the house together they were mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. and what happened they were actually divided up but why would they allow that to happen that was one of the things i i, I think one reason i had a problem is why Carol, well one reason is what carol did she was gonna I, a lot of them were just let's see what this place is i think right. and then they're starting and then they're starting to morph and get used to it and then take on their roles but we never and, see that really happening that yeah, was, you do the group that goes outside huh. of the thing and then mm -hmm. and then maggie doing her thing and then and then the stupid preacher doing his thing, which we'll get into. <laughs> oh you know what God, I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. And then Mich Michonne going off and but it, and But they're not connecting. But that seems really weird to me. Again, it just seemed – I think, I, again, it felt like I was – in fact, I, I had people messaging me saying, did I miss an episode? This was the episode where I had a lot of people messaging me. Yeah, well, they going, skipped a few things, but – I, well, that was in the comic, okay. obviously. But, I mean, people were like, did I miss an episode? Because I'm well, really confused. No, and, then, and then in in the next episode also, they talk about some things that we didn't see. So, obviously, there may have been, like, a couple of weeks in between we have Cliff forget and spend. I, I need notes. So, <laughs> But this is where well, people who don't read the comic get lost. And I think that was my, my, my problem. And, I mean, and there was, like, this show, again, had – I mean, this episode had – some really good moments, but they also had moments where things didn't make sense to me. Like when did Daryl forget to eat? You know, cause we've seen him <laughs> eating normally before with no problem. And all of a sudden he's like, so this isn't normal. This isn't right, normal. Right. So to me, that answers all of your questions. And I understand your complaints. I get that it didn't feel right to you. And I've never read a single one of the comics. So I totally get your perspective on it. But to me, I was okay with it because they are totally disoriented. They got used to out there. That's their normal. And now, and it's like when parents have a child die and the parents end up, the couple ends up breaking up. I mean, that's just, yeah. I know it sounds weird, but that's what came to mind while true. you were talking about this makes no sense that they wouldn't stay together. To me, it makes perfect sense. It is a foreign territory, and that's exactly when relationships fall apart. Do you, but when you think about the time frame, 
but I'm talking about Daryl not eating. I feel like they regress Daryl a lot, and I don't really understand why he really? you are answered that though. You no, said no, that. no. I don't. I don't think I did answer it because he had a lot of growth in the first part of this season, and now he and, is in a situation that feels totally abnormal to him. Right, but he. Why would he go back to acting like a child? That, that that's not. I I don't know. I had a real problem with that moment it was cute because i love norman Reedus because you know anything he does is adorable but it just seems it seems like they that everything that happened i guess the time frame also just really throws me because it hasn't been that long since the prison (laughs) if it had been like a half a year on the road i think maybe i would be more like oh yeah but there, how do you, uh, Daryl? I don't think Daryl's changed at all. I think he's a wild guy that still goes out. He's mm-hmm. just found a buddy that he actually, a buddy who actually, um, Aaron, who really I love gets, gets him mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. able to give him that bike to know him so well that he needed the bike. And like, that was all brilliant. I don't yeah. have an issue with that. And, I don't have and, an issue with them inviting and, him to dinner or and to not tell you the, any of that. Yeah, and tell you the truth, Aaron is a little bit like Daryl and well you know in in, right. in uh, uh, conquer right. when they get done killing all the zombies at the at the at the grocery warehouse place what does Aaron do he goes whoa <laughs> no i love <laughs> Aaron out of it yeah. you know Aaron I- and Eric eating spaghetti dinner and making cute looking faces at each other and the whole motorcycle <laughs> thing all of that made total sense to me there were so many brilliant moments in this episode but there were moments that didn't make sense to me like it's not been that long since the prison where we saw Daryl eating like a normal human being. That's, that was the thing. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I think, I think it's trust, isn't it? Trust of the environment that's keeping him from eating normally. Maybe. I don't know. I'm a, I'm a, I'm what's a survivor of child about? abuse. I, right. I have well, my issues, but I don't but, think I've ever right. gone he's, into he's a home in... and just gone, I'm going to eat like I'm two. <laughs> Well, you know, like like Kelly was saying, you know, he's he's just in this weird environment, and so he's but you just not your, acting normally. You, you would lose your table manners, though. Yeah, <laughs> lose no. whatever. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. No. Yeah. Oh. I, 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 I thought I, it was I thought it was a little too much. I, I oh. and I'm not the only one. I mean, I had. I mean, yeah. I'm talking for quite a few people in this moment. Right. <laughs> right. Well, for me. me, for me, I I totally bought into it because I would you would lose your table manners. You wouldn't eating with a fork, sitting down eating. Now, granted, did he eat with a fork in the prison? I I maybe yeah. I'm. They yeah. Eating, no. eating, eating well, that's a you know what maybe prison. that's a fair that's a fair point. I, I I agree with you then on that. But what's really funny is the getting into this little housewarming party. Yeah. Thing oh, Kelly. Carol's outfit. Can we talk about that jacket sweater thing she has? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, she had to just blend in. <laughs> She's definitely experiencing the, what is it, the lighter side, what is it, the softer side of Sears or whatever. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was actually, that, that, this is where we get into, to, to brilliance again was yeah. is her i'm happy to be invisible again so kelly what what did you uh, have in your notes about the party yeah uh just about how disoriented they all were walking yeah. in they all walked in in separate little groups very clean um but very disoriented um i really loved it when sasha had her outburst uh, about that's what you worry about 
Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh let's see. So oh, yeah, about the woman who said, I'm just worried I'll end up cooking something you hate. I really liked how that bit around mm-hmm. Sasha was filmed as well. I really felt her overwhelm and her craziness about everything going on around her. How yeah. it, at once it was too loud, and then the next moment you you just couldn't hear anything. And I really like how how they did that. That was the that was really the best part for me. I mean, like the the way they've written Sasha has been to me perfection. The way they've written Carol has been perfection. Just the way these two women are dealing with this high stress situation. One is hiding and becoming invisible and the other one is barely containing all of her pain, all of her sorrow. And, and I think, you know, she's missing her brother, you know, and she's missing Bob and PSD. I mean, Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I suffer from that too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I mean, I just thought it was, the one thing they've done very, very well is, is Sasha. I mean, just, it's brilliant. It's brilliantly written, brilliantly acted. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 and who could not watch that scene and not feel it. But yeah. I, I agree with her speech. I mean, it's just like, I felt that way watching the scene. It felt so unnatural. Like you'd want to flip a table. I, I just yeah. like, <laughs> it's like something like it just kept me on edge because it's like, this is really weird this environment does not exist anymore it should not exist and you guys are clearly not understanding what's out there mm-hmm. see um, i read it or they differently. would be preparing for mm-hmm. something you know i read it a little bit differently that you guys get all of this and my brother's dead my brother doesn't get to be here well, my brother doesn't get to experience this. Well, that's part of that's part of it too yeah that's how i kind of oh yeah no definitely the, the, the line yeah. speaks for itself. Is this what you worry about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's, yeah. There's, there's your dead friends and relatives and, and people you knew outside running around as zombies, and you're worried about not cooking something right? I mean, it's just crazy. But also, you have to look back at the fact that she lost the guy she loved, and his leg got removed by cannibals oh, yeah. and eaten. I mean, so <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sure right. there's a repulsion about right. food, too, with all of this, you know, yeah. like. I mean, it's not well, something I, the people of Alexandria would even understand or imagine. Right. 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 I, I, I um, yeah, I just, uh, like I said, they cry. let the kids, they, they let the kids run around freely and have no, everybody's has normal lives. They've mm-hmm. built a community that is definitely protected. And, and I hope we get to learn. I would love a, a pre, a prequel to it you know how they kind of show oh, yeah. like where carol was it would be great to see that city right when it when the apocalypse yeah when they arrived basically and, it and would be really why good they just dis- and why they decided to put the supports on the outside of that the drives evil. me crazy too oh yeah. Drives me crazy. Crazy. yeah well yeah. it shows it shows that well like i said i'm still thinking that was it done to keep something in oh, okay. as opposed to let right. something out you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. like it's a cage I don't think so yeah. because they don't take care of their gate but and there's on, no guards. No. On, on another podcast though, um, I think they talked to a, um, an architect and they said, Oh yeah, well that's, that's structurally it, it's stronger that way. But of course, if you're thinking of about putting up the fence for, for defense, then no, it's terrible. <laughs> but why is well, it strong? Why is it stronger that way? Putting it on the, you know, I don't remember all the, oh, okay. Details well, it. and they were probably thinking only of the walkers, not yeah. of the risk of other of people, people, which mm-hmm. is still 
um, I find interesting that so if it's been 18 months, they haven't actually been attacked or invaded by the people with the W on their foreheads or anyone else. I mean, they, they don't seem to be that far away. But there's been something that's happened there because there's rumors. Right. They're right. just that not talking. Out part yeah. Right. Of their, Everything of their... around that, every building around that place is burned out. And that's yeah. really weird. Yeah. yeah. I mean, something happened. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, yeah. the thing with this episode is there was low notes and high notes. And there were some really, really great high notes. And the party was one of them. And I did think, I did feel like part of Sasha's fury had to do with the fact that her brother wasn't there and he was the he you know out of all of their group Tyrese is the one person where Alexandria would have given him such a great life oh yeah you know he was ready for that peace you know he was ready for that that environment and he probably would have made things I mean if Tyrese had been there he would have been the one to say to Deanna you don't know what's out there there's people eating people that's true. He would have had that innocence to, to say that, you know. He that, would have told her. Yeah, yeah he would have told yeah. her. Well, and maybe was... that's why they killed him off. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. It was so, I, 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 I did. I know y'all didn't feel the pain like I did, but I that one got me. Liked him. Yeah. That was ugly crying moment for me. I, I really, I really lost it on that one. But, so um, what did y'all think about the, the blood red A that the kids stamped on Rick's hand? Yeah, what does that mean? Yeah, I, I think it's I, A I, for Alexandria, but then it still, you know, brings back the train and the train. Scarlet letter. Oh yes, the Scarlet Letter. Yes. Yeah. See, well, I, I thought of it Scarlet as letter. Scarlet Letter. Yeah. I thought of it as a Scarlet Letter, and again, I just feel like I I felt like the party scene confirmed that Sasha's losing it or has lost it. Rick's in the middle of a nervous breakdown and you see the thing I'm having problems with this is a subsection with Jesse. If she looked like Lori, I would understand it more, but I don't understand why he's so into her, I guess. Oh, I do. (laughs) Yes. Person with a penis. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I have to say. But there's other beautiful women among him that he's been around other beautiful women since the loss of Lori. And that includes like, you know, Michonne. Carol's quite attractive. She I mean, there's touched him. She gave him a haircut. She she gave him. Is that something. all it takes? And in, in a post-apocalyptic world, <laughs> when it's been a year to six months since his wife got disappeared and got put in the, some zombie's belly. Yeah, probably. And, and she's carry around. Cutting she's shears. clean. She hasn't seen him do anything that that he feels bad about. And even in the scene of the party when he meets Reg, Deanna's husband, um, Reg offers Rick a drink and he says, no, I'm good. And, you know, just like, oh, no, I'm, I'm good. And Reg said, you don't have to be. Right. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really interesting. Reg was a really interesting character and. I really wanted him to stay around longer than he did. What? Yeah. What? Are you spoiling something? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I just felt like I, 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 Rick's behavior though. Yes. Was not really well explained to me. I really like, I, I got into like these online discussions with quite a few people and some people were a lot angrier about it than I was because I'm not really into shipping. So I wasn't like, Oh, he's ignoring Michonne, but I did feel 
that their connection that had formed before they went through the gates completely disappeared once they were inside. Even if it's best friends or potential romance in the future, whatever it is, it just seemed to vanish. And it was like she was so always watching out for him and all of a sudden she's not. And I felt like he went down this really slippery slope and none of the people that are supposed to be close to him recognized it until, you know, an episode that comes up when Michonne does what she has to do. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, I just felt like nobody was watching out for him. And I think that's also one of the things that kind of bothered me because I, his, I stopped liking Rick because of his behavior. And, yeah. and, 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 but I think, I think they want you, I think they want you, uh, cause I said in the first four episodes of this half season, um, I was, I'm like, I think it's time for Rick to die. Like I was losing his humanity and I think they wanted us to, they wanted us to have that because the last frame of conquer you, he's like a, a, a dog that's all of a sudden he, he's been caught. At the end yes. of Conquer. Yeah. And he know just in that last moment, he knows by seeing uh, Morgan. Uh, Morgan that he the roles are flipped out. Like he he just looks like he was caught. <laughs> he went to where Morgan used to be. Exactly. And I think I... as 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 an audience, we needed to go there with him and, and not like where he was going to really understand his journey, I think. Well, I think I would have been more, I think I would have adapted better to his journey that starts earlier than this, I think, because somebody pointed out, I, I wish I could remember uh, who it was who said this to me, but they said they felt like he was taking on aspects of all the villains he had faced. Uh, like he had taken on aspects of the governor, oh, he had wow. taken on aspects of even Dawn with her control freak mentality that he had taken. And then when with the Alexandrians, he became very Shane-like. And, and the um, bikers, those biker yeah. guys. Like he was taking on, he's been taking on aspects of the villains that he's confronted. And I thought that was actually a very good um, observation. I don't think taking on, I think becoming. I don't know. But they were, I think they were saying, well, maybe he's taking on aspects of them because he's, it's not like, that's how they were surviving. So that's how he needs to survive. I don't know. It's just a theory. No, I but, think he's being forced into becoming that to, to, to keep it. Cause always it's to keep you safe. Keep the family right. safe. He's, 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 he's had that burden the whole, the whole time of the show. He's always had that burden. I got to keep everyone safe. I've got to be that sheriff that mm-hmm. just keeps that cop that just keeps everybody safe. And of course he can't. And that is just killing him. And he's like, what do I have to become? There must be some version of me biting somebody on the neck to blowing somebody's head off. You know what I mean? To become that person to keep everyone safe. And he even mentions it in these last four episodes of these people. I got to kill you all. How many do I have to kill to keep you all safe? Such a shame comment. Such a shame comment. Oh, my God. That was <laughs> like Yvette Nicole Brown, though, did say one thing that was interesting to Jesse that made a little bit more sense is that he's that he made it to Alexandria where his children are now safe and he's casting for his life. And he has to fill the Lori, uh, you know, the wife, Lori uh, slot and that Jesse fits it because she's everything that Lori had been before the Zumpocalypse, which I thought was kind of a an interesting take on his obsession with her, but it 
was really, to me, off-putting with the party scene. Really felt like Shane again, you know. Mm-hmm. But Kelly, is is there? Because uh, I'm dying to get get to spend. Uh, is there anything else? No, I think we're ready to move on. It, it, just that I'll say that. Let me repeat Daryl's line about the horse. The longer mm. they're out there, the more they become what they really are. Well, there you go with the villains. Maybe or he we, has aspects of the villain in him all along. Yeah. Don't we? Don't we all? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we all the potential. But I do want to say the funny yeah. thing was is how people got so upset over the Carol scene with the little kid. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, it was I awesome. love that scene. And what's awesome. great about it, they're like she was. Go- well, people thought she was threatening that she would do that to him, but it was almost like a, a psychic moment because of what right. happens later on. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I but thought, it's funny. It, but it's funny how the kid embraced her even after that. Because mm-hmm. he can see who yeah. she really is. Right. She can. He can really see through she her. Sees, he sees. He he knows. He's he's a parent. He was threatened by her, but he knows. And he's trying to. It's actually, true. that's what's such great writing is he's trying to break her down, because he knows what she truly is, and she starts to see that, and you and you notice how she pushes him off. Right. No, because she can't deal with another kid. Exactly. With all the children mm-hmm. she's lost. How could she possibly take on another child? Mm-hmm. And he's such a little cutie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How could so you not like, yeah, how could you not like him? Yeah. Well, I, well, I failed, and I, I forgot to mention that. Okay, this forget. I was going to say, director. I know. It's like written by Corey Reed, directed by David Boyd, and edited by Julius Ramsey. Woohoo! And the next episode, Spend, written by Matthew Negret, directed by Jennifer Lynch, and editor is Dan Liu. You know, I just really love how much girl power is behind the scenes of The Walking Dead. I just want to say that. Like, from directors, writers, and everything. It's, it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. So, Rhiannon, this one was yours. Well, you did this on purpose. <laughs> I know you. You're evil. <laughs> this one was ugly crying episode for me. And I, I really cried a lot during this episode. And... Um, this one had so many good points to it. I mean, like the, the one before this, I had some issues with. But this one, the main issue I had with this one is what is The Walking Dead trying to tell us about good, wonderful, nice people? Because we see Bob, a rehabilitated alcoholic, partially eaten by cannibals. We see Beth, our sweet little, you know, 17-year-old songstress. Um, of innocence. <laughs> uh, you know, get her head blown i mean the one that helps restore Mm -hmm. daryl's hope you know that maybe they can survive in the world um die with you know her brains getting blown out then we have tyrese who again i loved his character who's so complex um it it, is just trying to help a young man find go back home to his family and uh lets his guard down for a split second and that's all it takes you know in this apocalypse i mean what are they trying to tell us about kind sweet people because Noah was great he was sweet he was nice he was intelligent he was funny even though he was disabled he was gonna pull his weight he went out on the run I mean he walked all that well, way yeah and he knew know? the reality of you know what's outside the gates you know yeah, how to survive he, in the outside world and he wanted you know and he was a tough little guy and he was so sweet and 
And and I remember one of my fans joked and said, the minute uh, Morgan arrives at the gates and no one needs to shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> but no one didn't even get that shot. And and I feel like I feel robbed of the potential Morgan uh, Noah relationship because oh, Morgan no. lost a son and sweet. Noah lost a family. And I, I would have rather have seen that bond form than what we got in this episode. Um, things I really liked, I felt like um, they finally used Eugene in a way that was very powerful and, and, and seeing that his relationship with Tara, am I saying her name right? Tara, Tara, mm-hmm. Tara. Tara. Um, <laughs> Because I get messed up in my head with, you know, people pronounce things differently. But mm-hmm. I really felt like they, like her influence on him kicked in. Like he just needed somebody to maybe push him to yeah, be who he really great. is. Yeah, you know? that was great. Yeah. And, and that when she's hurt, he steps up. And not only does he step up to protect her, he gets her out of there. And, and of course we see from what happens later on, if he hadn't gotten her out of there, it would have been done. Um, I felt that was a really powerful moment. I, I, I think he made Aiden too much of a dick and too crazy and too out there for somebody who'd been doing successful runs for a very long time. Well, who but, says he's been doing well, them? Because he was in charge. Yeah. But who says he's been doing them? He did. They said that he was the one who was in charge of the runs, him and his Nicholas. But we also learned that they they were losing people along yeah, the way. Yeah, every so time they go right. out on a run. They, but, they, but they know. But again, I, this is, goes to I think they make the Alexandrians too stupid, because if these are two people. We're supposed to hate Nicholas and we're supposed to hate Aiden. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're supposed to hate them, so they do everything in their power to make us hate them, which they were effective with. Because when Aiden got <laughs> apart, like Colonel Rhodes and Day of the Dead, I was like, man, eh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> eat away, eat away, my friends, eat away. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you can have him. But I felt, again, that was one of the things that kind of bothered me about the episode. But there were several themes that they definitely had as they were going, trying to contrast between what the what's going on with the Alexandrians and that the Alexandrians are kind of like, he has a hangnail, leave him to the zombies. You know, it's right. like, you know, right. they, they don't take care of each other, which, again, doesn't really make sense to me. I don't know how they survived this long. Um, and then team, other family, team family will do everything they they can to protect each other. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, but, yeah, I but my the point is, can... if they're going to sacrifice yeah. people, no one's going to go outside the wall. If they know you're not going to come back, they're not going to go outside the wall. Well, how many uh, people from Alexandria actually go outside the wall? Not too many. But if you uh, recruit that, if you're recruiting them, you say they've lost a lot of people. But if you're recruiting people, and they go and their people are going to stop going with them, like Alexandrians who were outside the wall trying to build the new part of the wall, they wouldn't leave if they know that that's right. the policy. I mean, would you want to go? I mean, if you knew you were going to go outside the wall. Well, I would know. Well, I would do exactly. I would do exactly what they did. The second there's any sign of danger, run back home like a scared mouse. <laughs> I mean, they've you know created I mean? a very toxic environment. So they, they definitely contrasted between the Alexandrians and team family where team family is going to fight for each other there. I mean, you know, I love the moment where Eugene pulls up, you know, and, mm-hmm pulls the zombies away. Uh, Glenn and Noah's moment. I mean, they, they definitely contrasted the two where team family's going to go to the map for each other. And again, Glenn proves he's a really awesome human being because <laughs> he right. did, by bringing he Nicholas back. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. um, I, I, the, the, I felt like there were two things that happened in this episode. And they also had the Abraham. Yeah. Abraham construction crew. 
Mother dick. Mother dick. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you get to see how the Alexandrians act outside the wall. And then we had the drama inside the wall. So there were two different things happening. But everything that happened outside the wall, I thought was really well done. It was really scary. It had me on the edge of my seat. Um, the deaths were I felt Noah's death was too much. In fact, I didn't watch it. Um, I, I, and unfortunately, because, you know, the Internet exists, I saw gifts of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is, like, dramatic. I'm trying to um, remember what happened inside the walls. <laughs> um, well, the, moment, the thing that we had inside was Carol spoke with um, – well, didn't speak with, but the Sam shows up at her house. He's hiding, looking right, for cookies, right. which made me kind of wonder: Does this child eat? <laughs> um, I mean, is this is it <laughs> only at her house? Are they right. neglecting him? Um, and and she has that whole conversation with him where he's like wants a gun, right. and and she tries to find out why. But but this is again where they do really well with plotting because as an abuse survivor, you're usually pretty good at identifying the signs of another one and Carol gets it and then she goes and talks to Rick and she tells him basically at the end of the episode uh yes uh you know they're they're being abused and you're gonna have to deal with it because you're right. the new sheriff or the deputy or whatever he is you're the the, the lawman and you're gonna be the one that's gonna have to deal with it and you're gonna have to kill him which was foreshadowing of what was gonna come but um I don't know. This was a, it was a good episode, but at the same time, I, when I was trying to think about it, I kept kind of like it kept slipping through my mind. I think it kind of got meshed with kind of the other ones. Like it felt like it was like these three episodes that we're talking about kind of before the finale felt like they kind of all were one big one, I guess. Mm -hmm. And the thing about I'm glad, the I'm, time, um, I think with this one, um, I remember Tara and Noah talking about um, some other runs that they had been on with uh, Nicholas and Aiden and uh, they, or was it Glenn? Yeah. Glenn was saying, Oh yeah, I wanted to shoot him then um, shoot and talking about Aiden. So it's been a couple of weeks, I would guess. Well, we'd also seen when they'd gone outside the walls with Aiden and Nicholas and they were antagonizing that zombie. Remember right. that they had yeah. tied up and, episode, and, and, yeah. and Tara almost got bitten so, I mean, there's reasons not to like these guys. I mean, they're giving us plenty yeah. of reasons. Yeah, but just w with the timeline and then um, then the assembly of the motorcycle. So, yeah. It's been I kind of felt, yeah, yeah, it even felt like a couple of yeah, weeks that all of class. Put together. Yeah. Well, that, this is, again, another episode where people messaged me and said, did I miss an episode? Because I feel like, again, like I felt like it kind of like they were they were fast forwarding, but at the same time, not a lot was happening. Yeah, like, yeah. And that's okay. Well, Kelly, <laughs> I like my characters to talk to each other. I want to know what Kelly thought of Noah's death before I uh, chime in. Oh, well, it was sad. I, I thought that it was ridiculous that the guy, uh, you know, saved himself like that. And, and it led to Noah's death. But I also didn't see how else they were going to get out of there. Someone was clearly going to have to die. I'm sad it was no. I, I didn't think want him to die. But they were going to break the window, yeah, though. Right. Try, yeah, try to. I think for me, Noah never. I never got attached to Noah, and I think it comes from when he shot at Carol and and Daryl. I mean Daryl. No, uh, yeah, yeah. Daryl. When he caught at Carol and Daryl, 
early on and put their lives in jeopardy by oh, yeah. releasing the zombies in that hallway and everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really liked him when he was with uh, Beth, but then he did that. And I just, from that moment on, I just never really fully trusted him. And then he did something when he went back home. But why did he, he do that? He did it because to he was Beth. He was going uh, back for Beth. Uh, oh, I thought it was to save himself. Yeah. No, he was going back I mean, to he save said, Beth. He said something like that, but I just never... Oh, his personality, everything they ever had Noah do was that way. Like, he took out his own little walker brother with that model plane. And... Yeah. If no he had ever... insisted on going back home, Tyrese wouldn't have been killed. Exactly. But that's not, but that, he didn't insist on going back home. He told Rick that Beth was going to go home with him. He told Rick the story of what happened at Grady. And then Rick went to the group and said, this was Beth's last wish to get Noah home. And I think we should do this. And Beth had told, told Noah that she would go with him when they escaped. So mm-hmm. I don't think he was ever shady. I think he was a very sweet, nice character. And again, they off. You, yeah. Do you think that, they, that he was really, if he, if Daryl and Carol wouldn't have saved him, that he really would have gone back in there and tried to save her? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Because they obviously had a connection. Like when she, like when he said, I will, I, I'm going to stay here. So you right. can go. She says go yeah. No, she said, no, you're coming with us. Yeah. He was prepared to stay in slavery. Right, right. So she could leave. So, yes, I totally think he was going to go back and save her because he'd already had lost his father to Grady. And here was this sweet girl, his age, that had tried to help him escape. So I felt Noah mm-hmm. was a very noble, sweet character. And and I never understood why people thought he was shady Honestly, well, because, because he put he put our the, when he he took away everything from our Carol and Daryl and then he but again he had to look at their motivations. But then mm-hmm. he didn't have to purposely open up the tents and release the zombies. He, but but again, he's trying to take weapons. He doesn't know who these people are. Right. And and if and if you can't get after Team Family for doing that, you can't really get after him either. Because Rick would have done that. Rick would have done that. I think anybody that puts our crew at jeopardy, uh, I'm always like, see, I'm split. (laughs) I I don't care what happens to Rick at this point. I care about Glenn and Maggie. I care about Daryl. I care about Michonne. You know, I care about most. Well, there's a few of the people I don't feel connected to at all, like Rosita and Abraham. I like Eugene a lot better after this episode. They actually won me over with this one with him. Yeah, he's kind of cool. He's actually I want I need more of him now because of the way they left it. He he's still a fascinating character. I think he's is, more now. Yeah, this it's just he's just he looks at the world differently and I would be really and he's growing, which is great. So I'd really be interested to see if he's able to really come through for the group at some point in the near future. I mean, one of the things I've always said uh, is that they have to kill off characters because there's just too many to service in the story. Um, so Noah's death, though sad and, 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 and violently taken out, God, talk about the most worst way to go, being chewed up in front of uh, mm-hmm. Glenn. Um, it was like, oh, 
another one down. Well, actually, two went down because it knocked out uh, what's her name too. She was unconscious and bleeding, so we we didn't know at the time that she was even gonna make it through. Um, but then here comes Glenn saving uh, Aiden. It's like, what the hell are you doing, dude? Nicholas. <laughs> Nicholas, thank you. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah, Nicholas saving Nicholas? Because uh, I think Glenn understood that if they went back with nobody. From oh, Alexandria, totally. yeah. Totally. No, I'm, oh my gosh! I mean, yeah, from a practical perspective, but I think that's just who Glenn is. Exactly, and that's it. That's Glenn. his character. It's his moral fiber. He's right. such a good person. Yeah, yeah Glenn mm-hmm. has not gone the Rick way yet. He I hope not, he doesn't. No. I yeah. hope he doesn't. Well, he's gonna because... die if he doesn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> and no. he he was sensible enough to see, you know, well, we'd almost been out there too long. You know, that yes. was his. Exactly. Rick, Rick would not be not alive without for Glenn. Right. True. He might not have to die. It'll be interesting. I, again, I haven't read any of the comics, and I don't know any spoilers from future comics. Um, I mean, for, for ones that have are, are farther ahead than the TV show, if they are. See, I don't even know that. Um, but Breaking Bad, can I say something from that? <laughs> We're going to spoil done. Breaking Bad. Oh, no. Yes. Done. Okay. Jesse done. didn't have to die. He was, most people viewed as, you know, like the moral fiber compared to Walt, of course. I mean, right. you know, questionable, yeah. but still. So right. Len doesn't necessarily have to die. I know he may, but... We'll see. It'll just be interesting to see. You know, well, I, let's I talk about. I want to talk more about Glenn when we get to the season finale because I do yeah. have a. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I think Rick's. I think The Walking Dead will end with Rick's death. I don't think, I think it needs to. If Rick was to go, I, I think it could continue on. Yeah. You know, yeah. I actually think you're right, but. Well, the way would, Rick's acting now, anyway, I think. I would love for it to be the Carol show because I think she's really become the powerhouse <laughs> of, the, of the show. She's so amazing. That's right. It could uh, it could be like another Game of Thrones where you know you. Yeah. <laughs> I actually felt bad that Shane got killed off because I I actually even though I hated his character I really loved his character too because it was good what, for the group. What, well, what he brought. I mean, he he would love where Rick is right now. Yeah. All right, so how long do you think it's been since Shane died? It's probably been. I think um, they said that it was. I, I don't have it up in front of me. Well, it was like three, yeah, she it was, was just early. It was, th- pregnant, it was like three so or four months year. pregnant, okay. and the baby's what about six months old now? Yeah, uh, yeah, somewhere around there. No, oh, she might be older. She might be a year. No, she's not a year. That's not, not a year, year old baby. Well, it's tough. That's to like tell eight because, nine months. It's it's really tough to tell because you know when they have babies, they're always older than right. they're supposed to be. So yeah. it's really hard to really I tell. I think it's been like altogether, it's been eighteen months since the beginning of this apocalypse. Yeah. Shane has been dead for a while, but not that long. Yeah, I mean, he still has an influence. I think his influence still remains on Rick. Mm-hmm. Well, how could it not? How could it not? <laughs> they were best friends, yeah, were. you know, and he yeah. had to how kill him. How could it not? I mean, yeah. that was a really, that was his, that that dynamic between the two, you know, because I, I really loved that Shane a lot. But then he crossed the line, and when Rick finally killed him, I like, I felt that was so justified for Rick to do that. Like he had just, the guy had just fully lost it and started endangering the lives of others that it just, 
it made sense. You but that's know? where Rick Rick's Ben has gone over the line where Shane did. And there's things that Shane did that Rick would now do. Like when Shane left mm-hmm. Otis behind to get the medicine back for Carl, mm-hmm. Rick would do that now. So, I mean, there's, it's kind of interesting to see that evolution of how he's become the things that he didn't, he fought against. And, yeah. and, I, and I think Shane would actually go, it's about time you got here, brother, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, he was, uh, Rick was pulled back in the um, three months or however peaceful period at the prison mm-hmm. was where he became a farmer. So he became Rick again. He was pulled back from this hell that he was right. in. Right. And then, of course, the destruction of the prison and then running into the what I call the biker gang. Yeah. Uh, the, what were they called? The claimers. The claimers. I mean, I think the claimers is what really, like, crap. Like that just sent him. That just sent him. Uh, that that well, sent him into the dark place. Well, they never... attempted to they... rape his son. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And we've really not seen that fallout with Carl yet, like emotionally, like how he feels about that. But I mean, it obviously, like, I think that's where Rick well, started I to snap. That, I think he talks a little bit about it in Try. So I think, or are we ready to move on to the next episode? Are we ready to try to move on? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So um, that one was written by Angela Kang, directed by Michael E. Strazinus, and edited by Todd DeRosiers. And one one of the things I noticed about this episode that I noticed about, I guess, all of them, is more of the use of music. And I guess part of that, is because now that they're in this place that has power and a lot of the luxuries of the pre-apocalyptic life, they have music. Mm-hmm. And so we're seeing it more integrated into the show. But how sad is that, that we lost Beth, who was their only songbird, their only entertainment. I, their, yeah, I was know. okay with that. But, um. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, every time she's saying I muted it, I admit, but... but you know, within the framework of the story, she right. was kind of their touchstone to the past, you know. Yeah, yeah. But so, you're saying, I can't remember exactly, but are you saying music as a source or music as a way of storytelling? There's two different... Um... I think it's both. I think I they think maybe we're... feel freer to do it now because they do have that music. Music in there and, and not just score, but soundtrack, you know. Yeah, but it be it was part of the soundtrack and not the source, like somebody turning on a radio and. Well, there's that, that also. There, I mean, there was the the greatest mm-hmm. thing. It, it, once again, getting to um, uh, was it Aiden playing his music, his <laughs> you know his yeah his dubstep slash stripper music as he goes out to. I mean, that clearly showed how stupid he was. I mean, you just don't. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I think they that. made him too stupid, but. Calling the zombies with that, but um, and then his family listening to the Nine Inch Nails. Uh, But when I watched this episode the first time, it's like I loved it because I think it started with Nine Inch Nails, and I love Nine Inch Nails, and so that like kind of colored my enjoyment of the rest of the episode. And (laughs) watching it again, I'm like, okay, let's let's just uh, (laughs) maybe mute that part and. It kind of disconnected yeah. me from the episode because I love Night Inch well, Nails. Yeah, maybe that's. But I guess I'm so used to because they have some of the best. Can we agree they have some of the best music on TV? The, the Walking, Walking Dead. Dead. The score. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, no. Uh, 
know. I don't. I think always so. think they. I, I always think they capture a sense of apocalypse. They do. You yes, but have you noticed that ever since we we came into Alexandria, the tone of the music, the score from Bear has changed. Yes, that's it's true. Actually, a different. It's a different palette for him, and I I do like that. Um, uh, that he is telling us something is different here, score wise, and I, I and. And I do like how they used the Nine Inch Nails to open it up. It was real grungy, and, and the montage was really cool. And then they turned it into a source cue, and you find the parents are listening to his son's mixtape, or mix CD in this case, and kind of like a funeral or a wake-type moment, which Lyrically, was kind of clever. Perfect. Yeah, it was clever. Very clever. Um, the other... Okay, what was the other thing here? <laughs> um, everyone knows about about Pete's problem. Porch um, Dick Pete. Porch Dick Pete. Everyone knows <laughs> about Porch Dick Pete, but he's the only surgeon. So there's that dirty little secret of the town that, um, you know, Rick's going to fix it, and, it, you know, it's okay that, He's gonna have to take out the only uh, the only surgeon in town because I guess you know overall then it, everything will be safer without Pete in town. I I think again it, it goes to um, Rick facing some of his former demons because he allowed Shane to stay alive after everyone told him how dangerous he was and how he, he that Shane could put his wife in danger you know Shane did try to sexually accost um Laurie so I think it's almost like Rick's facing the same quandaries he's seeing reflected in another leader something that he's faced himself with what do you do when one of your best people because Shane was one of the best killers Mm -hmm. you know one of the best defenders of the group but he was dangerous to the group because he he was violent and he had that temper that could go off and and Deanna has faced it and decided, well, I'm and this is so callous, but this is what society does. So it's kind of hard for me to go, well, she's evil because of this. But society turns a blind eye too. like a lot of people knew when I was growing up that I was being abused, but they covered for him because he was a minister. So and my mother couldn't get help because of it and we couldn't leave because of it. So um, I feel like Deanna made the choice of weighing this family against her society that she's built up and she decided to go with her society and sacrifice the family yeah. and the good of the yeah. many outweighs exactly. the needs of the yes. or the one yes. and I, I do think Jesse never stepped up I think if Jesse would have gone to Deanna and said um, I cannot live this way anymore I think Diana would have still kept him in there and just done exactly what they did they split him in a different different house house. but But also i have a problem with the way jesse was portrayed because jesse never showed any of the classic signs of abuse like the scene where she was wearing like a tank top and her arms were exposed and her neck and her hair is up that really threw me in fact for a while i thought she was because people told me there was an abuse storyline i thought she was the abuser um because she showed she had none of the outward signs of abuse and then she went to rick to a man's house without 
you know, her husband could have easily known about it and she could have gotten beaten for it. There are things like that that kind of threw me a little bit. But I think maybe they're building up Jesse to be really deep into battered woman syndrome, which kind of seemed to come out in the last episode where she's like, well, not in the, this episode, actually, where she's like, mm-hmm. oh, he got better for a while. So it's the cycle of abuse. Like he gets right. better and then right. it's, he got help yeah. and everything was fine. Yeah. But now, you know, it's stressful. So he's reverting back. But I give her kudos because she gave her kid a lock <laughs> in his closet yeah. door, <laughs> which means think- she was putting herself in. Again, I wish we'd seen bruises. I wish we'd hinted more. I, well, I think they purposely didn't because at the same time, Carol thinks – Carol knows what it is, and she's making Rick deal with it. And and as an audience member, I was like, are you really sure what you think is going on is going on? Because like you said, they didn't give us those visual hints, so it made us – guessing will rick kill somebody that could be possibly innocent or falsely accused or there could be some other dynamic going on that he's just Mm -hmm. the drunk you know what i mean and when he goes gets really drunk he occasionally goes into a rage i wish i'd taken a little bit more time with the storyline because of that Mm because i think there were some really interesting things that could have happened a little bit more there like what do you do when you're a leader and you have this incredibly and it kind of reflects on rick too rick is the person Yes, he's unhinged right now, but he was a lawman before all of this. He's right. also a leader of a group who has survived, but he's cracked. And so how do you weigh the pros and the cons of who you keep around? I mean, how do you protect yeah. your society and yet invite people into your society who may have the potential to tear it apart? And and I, I f- wish they'd kind of concentrate a little bit more on that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I feel kind of – robbed by the fact that we didn't get to see the conversation between Sam and Carol when Carol found out about the whole abuse thing, because I think that would have been really interesting to see because Melissa McBride is brilliant. I think another mistake that the, uh, the town has made is like putting these people into positions of authority too quickly. Oh yeah. So, but they need them so badly. That's the thing. Yeah, they they do. And 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 you know something psychological is going on with um, Reg, always taking notes on these people and then videotaping them. You know there Mm. is something that they are following, following in a psychological manner of let's break up the group, let's assign them jobs to give them purpose, let's Uh create a structure that they can uh, uh, feel comfortable in. They're trying to humanize them. Um, yeah, ex- exactly. Uh, so there is something that still hasn't been revealed of why they are doing that. But It could be as simple as that they're trying to humanize them, though. It could be that, like, you know, you're trying to domesticate a feral creature. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely correct. That could be exactly what it is because they're dealing with a bunch of people from the outside coming in to a group that has clearly been sheltered. Um, and no there's no therapist in there or anybody who could help with the transition. Well, I think that's red or Deanna a little bit, but at the same time, I feel Rick, this is where Rick started coming back for me a little bit Mm -hmm. because I agreed with him. There is no room in the apocalypse for this. You cannot be doing this right now. This is, this is the old world and this is the new world. And if you're going to, you're going to be the doctor of the town, then you're going to, you're going to do what we say. You're going to stop doing what you're going to do, and you're going to 
listen to what we're going to say. And what ended up happening? They got into a big fight. Okay, I was okay with Rick saying what he did to Deanna, but the thing where Rick lost me again was his creepy, creepy interaction with Jesse. When she <laughs> said to him, would you do this for anyone else? And he stares at her all I fucking like he does and goes, no. That that was my uh, the love actually moment. It's like yeah. because she's <laughs> asking him to hold up the sign to me. You are perfect. Right. Okay. <laughs> no, no, or say anything. Hold up the big boom box. Yes. Yeah. In but it, your eyes. But it was a creepy <laughs> moment because Rick's the lawman. He should be willing to do that for, for everyone. And at that moment, he's saying, I'm thinking more with my sexual interest in you than actually trying to keep you and your child safe because oh. it's the right thing to do. And that's where like, the writing lost me because I really thought he was going to say yes. Yes, I would do this for anyone. This is my job. This is who I, I am. I and think he doesn't. So, he said no. And that was like, oh. well, I think because for me, he's he's kind of become a caveman. Mm-hmm. And that is me see you, me want you. You he's are shame. now mine, you shame. know. Yeah. Um, and I will, and not necessarily you are mine because he isn't aggressively going after her sexually. That he's, kiss at the party he, was really weird though. Uh, there you go. Okay. <laughs> but he, he was, um, but, but he misunderstood her. I, I felt his misunderstanding in that moment, um, of that she had some kind of marriage she wasn't happy in and she gave a, a glimmer of, of interest to him. And so I understood that kiss as oops i totally misunderstood the situation because let's say the husband porch dick turned out just to be a dick and he didn't abuse her then if rick did everything he was doing from that point on we would really hate him correct but you see it goes back to the shane lori rick triangle where he was very unforgiving he had difficulty forgiving the situation he said he did but then it became came apparent that he wasn't because it was adultery and he had an issue with that and then he's kind of before he even knows about the abuse he has interest in a married woman and the a on the hand and all those things just i felt like they were missed notes like i kind of got where they were going but i not really sure well keep in mind the name of the episodes is hearkening back to that relationship shane relationship so you know that period of time so it is an interesting um, Rick has become something that he killed six months to a year earlier. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe that's why we all are like, mm, if he dies, is it okay? You know, I, I, I think it was, I think it was a, I think it was really well acted though, that scene. And I think oh, we were yeah. supposed to be a little bit put off by Rick's behavior then, because I felt like when we got to the last episode, I felt like it came full circle and we could kind of then retroactively look back and go and eh, all makes sense now you know what, okay. and i'll uh, and i'll say what line it was that made it make sense to me but i do want to do a shout out to the writer of this episode which was angela king mm-hmm. um she got a lot of crap online for writing the episode where beth died what? and she even went off social media because of it oh man and i just want to give her a shout out because i thought she nailed it with this episode yeah. Because it well, was I even really, like the Beth episode, so I, I stand I thought, behind her all the way. <laughs> I thought it was really well done, and she did something that doesn't happen a lot on this show. She had three women talking to each other in a very uh-huh. 
uh, heartfelt way. And I really liked the scene where Michonne was looking at Noah's T-shirt and clearly torn up about it. And then she goes with Rosita and, and, and you know, they find Sasha yeah. in that great scene where they're talking to each other and, and Sasha's finally opening up. And then the zombies come and they're killing them. And it, it was a great moment because we got to see the women interacting as friends and family and then as warriors. And I just really want to give her a shout out for a really well done scene. That was really well written. Cool. I second that yeah. definitely, and I and I like the Beth episode too. I don't death episode too, because so. <laughs> I felt something for Beth. I mean, that's quite an accomplishment. Death yeah, I can't remember her name. <laughs> you know, it's like I I, I I shed a tear at the end of her episode. So two hats off to her. Well, the other thing that happened outside the wall was the uh, the True Detective Walking Dead crossover. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, all wow. they needed were the antlers. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> what was this? Fill me in. The uh, woman tied, woman woman tied, tied to, to the, the tree. tree. Oh, see, oh my God. Now you've, yeah. now you've, spoiler alert, because I haven't had a chance to watch True Detective. Well, that's kind of how it yeah, opens. Yeah, that's in the so, first episode. That's like so, in the yeah. first right. scene, so. Yeah. <laughs> so. Your spoiler will last for two minutes. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Oops. It was, a, it, was a, it was a good scene because, it, again, it, it, you know, uh, Daryl reaching out to lift the woman's blonde like, hair. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> well, I think it's because I think he did it because he's been seeing all the W's on the yeah. Walker heads. Oh, I agree. But I was. And I like, think he was touch. checking to see did. The... And also checking to see if she had turned yet. Yeah. But I think well, he was also checking to see if they, she had a W on her head because it, I think he was curious to see if the people who did that to her were the same people who were etching the. W's into the and the fact that it was so fresh and it was that close to Alexandria. There, yeah, that's mm-hmm. really. I mean, crazy. what the hell? I think that's what was terrorizing is here. Here's somebody that was freshly murdered. Yeah, she hadn't turned. That is so disturbing. It's not even. Now she was naked. I did right. Yeah, yeah. she was. Okay, because I kind of I have to admit I had to look away because it really grossed me out. Oh, um, I thought she was wearing some, like salmon-y color thing. She wasn't? She was naked? I thought she was naked. I thought well, she was naked, too, and she's missing her bottom half, right? Like well, they ripped her open. Yeah, I looked because yeah. I got I thought she was just I disemboweled. She, it's disemboweled. She, okay. she was eaten. I think we all looked away. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. She's tougher than us. I, I, I think, I thought my impression was that she was a, she was sexually accosted and then left. Oh, yeah. Be, oh, you think so, she was left to be eaten? Yes. But then there would have been a zombie there. I think they gutted her. I think they did what they wanted to her and then gutted her and left her to be eaten. I thought they said something about her being. I thought that the zombies opened her up, but I was wondering why there was so much left. And why well, it could have been just there. it could have just been one zombie. Well, they could. Have, well, you know what? Looking at this last episode, what if they used her <laughs> as bait and then corralled up those zombies? Ah, but then. Yeah, good, oh, yeah. oh, good oh, that's true. That's a go. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Because she would have been screaming her head off. Yeah. But I do think they did something vile to her too at the same time. Yeah. Why the would you that. why would you do something like that to another human being? Uh, uh, they were having fun. There was something sick going on there. Yeah. Too. I did have one complaint about Carl. He was out of the house yet again, over the <laughs> wall. Carl. And in but the tree. The girl he's hanging out with is obviously just like him, but I'm Okay, well, I have one complaint. 
getting in the tree was dumb because there was no way they could, if they got sworn by yeah. walkers, they'd have been screwed. But right. <laughs> I think that maybe she has a connection to the wolves. No, no, but her past seems parents... a little shady. Because Say it again. Dead. Her, she, her past seems da- shady. She, her mom is dead. They took her in. She's living in a foster home. She didn't talk for three weeks, and she's always going over the wall. I think the wolf, eating wolf. them information about. I thought that at first, mm-hmm. but now I think that she, she's still wild too, and maybe yeah. her family got killed by the wolves though, and she knows that evil out there. But I think she's like she's like our our group. She cannot be caged. She needs to yeah. be out there, and she's smart enough to to get away from the walkers and knows how to distract them to to flee. So she's mm-hmm. very. She's very smart living on the outside, and she's doing exactly what everybody Until else she is gets doing. in the tree. Then she's well, you yeah, know, that you was had the only to... dumb thing. <laughs> well, you know, it created a romantic moment. Exactly. I think that's yeah. the only reason that they was did the thing that. for TV. That was, yeah. that was the only. Well, so I felt I would have gotten in there. You know, there's only one or two zombies walking around. Eh, just there was a jump lot. In. Yeah, that was, was there a there lot? Was, yeah, there was a lot. Uh, well, There's I guess a little me, parade of them going by. Oh, well, then to me, being in the tree, it just felt safe to me. And I agree with you. If they would have been found, it would have been quite Bad. a problem. It would have been like Taco Tuesdays. Everyone's diving in. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm always in that hide mode. So for me, getting into a place that you're hidden and that chances are even if they walk by, they won't notice you, even if they walk by the open side. Because mm-hmm. in theory, the walkers really... I think they've gotten away from the smell version. You know, early on they could smell you, right? Mm-hmm. And then they'd come after you. And I've noticed lately that that's, that's not, not the case. It's just sound now. It's, it's just sound. sound. Yeah. yeah. So being guess, in a tree like that, you it would be a good hiding place. Well, that's that's good because considering the uh, the amount of uh, injuries our people have sometimes. Yeah. You know, they'd be able to smell the blood or with yeah. the women during certain times of the month, you know, and they'd just natural have to come up with some, at this point. right. Well, you know, Nicotero has been every season, the, the zombies are more decayed. And right. so I think they're so keeping, awesome. they're keeping with the, I don't know how they're going to keep it up. They're going to have to have like fresh dead or something show up mm-hmm. at some point. Um, <laughs> I, the only problem I had with this episode and it, and it's something the, the, the walking dead does a lot. And, and I can't – and actually a lot of writers do it and a lot of shows do it. They have people not talk to each other so that they can create drama. And, and again, I felt the scene with Sasha where she says to Michonne, everything worked out for you, was a moment where I, I wish Michonne had said to them, no, it didn't. Yeah. And she doesn't. She doesn't say anything. And that was the thing that they did between her and Andrea where she wouldn't talk to Andrea. And Andrea and her had that huge falling out in season three because Michonne wouldn't talk to her or tell her anything. But they do it a lot. Like Rick not telling Mm -hmm. Deanna, there are cannibals out there that will chop you up and steal your stuff and eat you. I mean, I feel like sometimes they make them not talk so that – and and they did it with – again, with Carl and – Enid, is that her name? Yeah. Uh, when he's asking her about her past and then the walkers conveniently show up. So we have these abbreviated conversations that sometimes don't go where I wish they would go because then I would we would have a richer experience with the characters. But overall, I felt this is a, a solid episode. So, I mean, but, I really yeah. thought it was well done. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes when they do that, it's it's it like they don't want to go where you expect them to go. Um, 
Michonne realized that she needed to vent and 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 maybe she was right where it wasn't so like you have found something you you can be human about but i haven't i have to i want to die i want to lie but, amongst but they the don't dead. but they don't talk that they don't say that we're left to interpret that that way and, and luckily I it think does that's come why from. there's a there's a lot of people like when it's i hang out on tumblr too much People really dissect the shows, I mean, down, and you see a lot of difference of opinion on how people interpret things. Like, for example, the scene where our my my beloved Noah um, was being pulled out by the walkers, and he he's and Glenn's holding on to him, and he says, "Don't let go." Right. Now, in my head, I'm thinking, "Yes, bitch, do not let me go. I do not want to get eaten alive." Right. But the actors decided that the interpretation of that scene was him telling Rick, uh, not Rick, uh, telling Glenn not to let go of his humanity. That didn't come across to me. I, I, if the line had no. been a different line, like don't give up, keep going, or don't let this affect you, or you did everything you could, or something like that, I think that moment would have had the resonance that the actors were trying to portray. But to me, it was just Noah going, don't let go. But then clearly he's, he's dead. I mean, as soon as the walkers got even an ankle, he's yeah. dead. So I, I can, I can imagine, I can begin to imagine. Of course, he still wouldn't want to die. But you wouldn't he, want to be let go. You'd want to be pulled in and put down humanely. I guess so. Right. I, I think I'd be saying, "Shoot me," because yeah, there's no way you're being pulled yeah. back in. So I See, think that's I, I would probably say, shoot oh, me. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't say, but yeah, he didn't have bullets. Right. Bullets. Well, this is the, this is where they blew it. If they really wanted that line to resonate, don't let go, meaning don't let go of your humanity, no matter what's going to happen to, no matter that you're going to see me get ripped apart in five seconds here. Mm-hmm. Where they blew it is we should have seen his ankle get bit. And then we would have known that no, even if he was pulled back in, he would be lost. Well, yeah. I, And I then we would have, that line would have resonated, I a think, a little better. Yeah. Well, I think we're left to interpret stuff a lot of times and people kind of like assign motives to characters and then we wait to see if we're right. And I think that was with um, going into the season finale with Rick. I finally kind of got where they were going. It did feel disjointed to me, but the um, I guess when we start talking about I'll say what what was the moment that really made me go, okay, I get what's going on with Rick. But I think once again, just to harp on that Noah moment, like I said, I think storytelling wise they they kind of blew it there if they really wanted that line to resonate then they they yeah. should have and that's something that. they could that <laughs> and that's something they could have easily have gone back in if they discovered it in post or whatever they could have easily gone back in gotten that close up of seeing him bit because you know once somebody's bit that's you, it you mm-hmm. yeah no matter what happens to him it's normally the death of them and they're in a situation that even if they pulled him back in that would have even been a more interesting scene if he was bit and Glenn was able to pull him back in. Yeah. Can you imagine that moment? Glenn would have had, had him. Yeah. Where Glenn, as a matter of fact, now watching Glenn's arc and, and going in to conquer, mm. that would have been a more interesting played out moment than a ghastly death of, of Noah. You know what I mean? That Glenn yeah. would have had to put give him mercy. Yeah. As yeah. a writer, this show sometimes <laughs> drives me crazy. But then, then – they'll bring it back around or, or I can forgive them because they'll pull off something brilliant and I'll go, okay, you guys are awesome. Yeah. I mean, speaking it, of brilliant, let's get into conquer. Well, let's take a quick break first. <laughs> 